BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And friends, thank you for joining us on Crosstalk today. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the agenda of socialism and the liberal left is, well, it's getting more extreme as time passes. Uh, Urgent warnings come out uh, whenever weather events happen. It doesn't matter if it's a deep freeze or hot temperatures, whether it's raining or a lack of rain, whether a snowstorm hits or snows diminish. It doesn't matter if the Great Lakes are at high level or low level. Everything is being blamed on climate change. You see, the warnings that we were headed to an ice age never materialized. Then it was all due to global warming, and that didn't materialize. So now we just say global climate change. Has there ever in our world's history been a utopia of weather since the Garden of Eden? I mean, we have always had changing weather events and patterns. We must keep in mind that the scriptures say in Genesis 8.22, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. But sadly, instead of worshiping the Creator, globalists have gone to worshiping the creation. And yet, uh, we are seeing this push to save the planet. We're attacking our energy supply, attacking our, uh, you know, this supply of energy, and as a result, populations are suffering. We're attacking our farmers and ranchers and the food supply. We're causing starvation. We're even attacking the population itself as various media outlets present a message of rethinking having children because, by the way, human beings uh, themselves are a risk and will cause society to collapse. Our guest today has written that they are not protectors of the planet, but destroyers of human society. Joining us today, we welcome back Tom DeWeese, the president of American Policy Center. Tom is one of the nation's leading advocates of individual liberty, free enterprise, private property rights, personal privacy, back-to-basics education, and American sovereignty and independence and protecting our constitutionally guaranteed rights. He's the author of Sustainable, The War on Free Enterprise, Private Property, and Individuals, and the political novel Erase. Tom, welcome back here to Crosstalk. Good to be with you, Jim. Thank you. Tom, you recently wrote that the American people and their every action are being ruled, regulated, restricted, licensed, registered, directed, checked, inspected, measured, numbered, counted, rated, stamped, censored, authorized, admonished, refused, prevented, uh, drilled, indoctrinated, monopolized, extorted, robbed, hoaxed, fined, harassed, disarmed, dishonored, uh, dishonored uh, fleeced, exploited, assessed, and taxed to a point of suffocation and desperation. And you're not exaggerating when you say that. I'm not, and uh, every single one of those things is absolutely happening to us in, in uh, one corner or another. Yeah, and it, it's really troubling to see how this is unfolding. But but really, it is our every aspect of 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 essence and being. There is this 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 bureaucracy or this entity that is out there to to try and control all of that. And and it is. I mean, they're much more open about it. You know, I started 30 years ago trying to send out warnings about uh, the the plan for a global governance. Uh, It started out under the title of Agenda 21. It's gone to Agenda 2030, the Green New Deal, and now the Great Reset. And in each one of them, it's all exactly the same plan, but they have just gotten more detailed and more honest about it. I think to, to some extent, they're feeling very arrogant uh, because they uh, they see how much they've been able to put into place. I, I often just kind of fantasize about seeing them sit around a, a conference table and laughing, saying, they bought this one, too, yeah. or whatever, some crazy idea they yeah. come up with. Yeah. They're, they're doing it. Uh, Al Gore had warned of a wrenching transformation of society. Uh, what What is that transformation? What does that transformation look like? Well, it's exactly what we're seeing, that we uh, have this global control, that we all think exactly alike, uh, and, uh, you know, controlling the, uh, our energy supply, controlling our, uh, our transportation system, our food supply, how businesses are run, uh, what kind of money uh, people are allowed to make, uh, you know, on and on and on. It's uh, everything we're seeing today, that's what he meant. And, and the, the excuse has always been, as you just said, uh, climate change. 
these guys have figured out a way to get us to voluntarily give up our liberties through the fear factor mm-hmm. of environmental Armageddon. And that's what he means by that wrenching transformation, that to protect the planet, we have got to completely change human society. And by by this environmental Armageddon scenario and this all-out effort to save the planet, Tom, they really believe that absolutely nothing can stand in their way to, to uh, keep them from fulfilling this agenda. Well, they have been marching forward uh, very rapidly, and, uh, and it's increasing. It started out as a little, a little bit here, a little bit there, and uh, in, in very innocent-sounding language. And now they've gotten very aggressive. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, they are—they are, they are uh, this whole transformation of everything. They have to rethink exactly uh, how things are, are to be. Yeah, and, and uh, I saw in your article, you don't warn of communism, you're warning of communism. What's the difference? Well, there really is no difference, except that it's maybe a little more, de- uh, people understand more. Uh, communism is uh, the things that they're promoting, that we have common borders. We no longer have uh, independent uh, sovereign nations, that we have common currency, we have a global currency. That's being uh, worked on right now. We have common property, no private property. And so everything is, we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. Anytime you hear somebody say that, (laughs) have your ears perk up. Yeah, and boy, did we hear it during the the, the pandemic, uh, dealing with COVID. We're all in this together. I mean, spot after spot. Uh, hearing that. Uh, Tom, you and I did a program this past November entitled It's All About Control. And I I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but this is indeed controlling every facet of our lives. That's the plan, is it not? Absolutely. This is why it's a broken record. We have got to keep saying it over and over again, because this is what we are facing. And everywhere you turn, there's a new rule, a new regulation telling you, well, you can't do that anymore because, well, we've got to protect the planet. You can't eat meat anymore. You can't have, uh, you know, gasoline cars. You can't have uh, private property. Uh, on and on and on because we've got to be in control of all of that to make sure it's all done properly. I'm wondering how insane is our thinking? Um, you know the push to go electric, and yet our energy grid just cannot sustain it. Uh, look at the power outages in recent weeks that we've had. And I saw on another front, uh, New York, for instance, has a, has a plan to convert all their garbage trucks to electric. And uh, these trucks double as snow plows. But, Tom, they found out that their electric garbage trucks can't handle the weather. I mean, those tested cannot operate for more than four hours without a recharge. They need them to go 12 hours, not four. Uh, they've purchased seven of these so far, a cost of $523,000 each, and they're wanting to switch all 6,000 of their vehicles and its fleet to electric by 2040. That's just one example among many of what's going on. They want every single vehicle to be transferred to this, that we get rid of all the gasoline-powered cars and everything be electric, and that includes all of the semi-trucks on the highways that bring our goods and services. Uh, it can also include uh, the ships that are that are shipping materials across the oceans, airplanes. I'm not sure how they're going to do that, but uh, you know they're they're looking at uh, every single vehicle and every piece of transportation to be this. Everything goes electric, and yet you look at the the power grid and and what what's coming here. Um, you know, to, to, to have a coal plant or oil-based plant or even a nuclear plant, you're talking about probably three or four acres of land that produce, you know, used to produce that. And the electric power, solar power and wind power, take a look at what's already happening. Millions and millions of acres are targeted to be under these solar panels and under these wind towers to produce the power that we need. We get rid of all the other stuff. And yet, you know, every time they go deep into it and you find out that these things are producing literally nothing. The, uh, if we had everything turned to solar and wind, we would probably end up with about a 4, uh, 4% of the power that we need, and then we're turning everything else into using electricity. That is absolute insanity because it doesn't work, and it's damaging the environment much more than anything else we've ever done uh, in our industries uh, under the name of protecting the planet. You know, and we see, Tom, as to 
the fact that that our our power grid is not able to meet the present demands. I mean, when all of a sudden uh, severe weather is coming through or something uh, or some event happens, it will, you know, reduce, you know, your, uh, you know, this or reduce that uh, as far as your electric use is concerned. You know, don't charge your cars during this hour to this hour. We can't sustain it. And the other thing, Tom, we have found out is how vulnerable our power grid is to sabotage. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, there there are some real threats that to, to have that happen, and we are, as you said, we're already seeing uh, a lot of power uh, grids going down because mm-hmm. of, of, the, of the force of all this, and you know you've seen the uh, probably the photographs of people stuck in these uh, traffic jams because of, of freezing cold snow weather and everything, and the electric cars, you know, they're going to die out there if they don't get charged. And, uh, you know, it's just, it just, but, but when you look at what they really are talking about here, uh, they are not looking for the society that we have today with all of the cars and, and, and all the other stuff we have, uh, in, in our lives. They are looking to push all of that back to make it less. And, uh, the, the whole smart growth, uh, building in the cities where, Everybody is right downtown. You walk to work. You ride a bike. You don't need a car anymore. That's what's really behind it. And that's when, when you start looking at it from that point of view, then some of it makes uh, you know maybe some kind of sense uh, because they know that we're not going to be using that much uh, electricity in, in reality. And uh, you know then then there's a whole story behind that. But there's no private property whatsoever in there. It goes back to the communism. There is uh, you know. Th- the way industries are run, the way businesses are run, we're already seeing uh, big changes in, in all of that, step by step by step, pulling back. And I'll, I'll tell you, Jim, uh, 30 years that I have fought all of this, I knew from the beginning that one of the main tenets of it was reduced population. But I didn't talk about that very much because I thought I was having enough trouble getting people to understand the threat to their property. Yeah. And uh, I, if I started telling them they wanted to wipe out 7 billion people, then uh, I probably would lose any audience I might have had. But it has now become the forefront of everything they're talking about, reducing the population in massive numbers. They really are doing that, Tom. And I just saw a startling uh, uh, headline from Fox News, December 21, 2022, calls for humans to stop having children go extinct grow in media circles to breed or not to breed. And basically what they're talking about uh, in this article uh, is is warning about uh, several media outlets are and talking heads, they say, are encouraging parents to rethink having children because human beings, even small ones like kids, uh, risk pop, you know polluting the world and causing global climate destruction. Population control really is a goal here, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, back in the very beginning, uh, one of the most radical uh, environmental groups, uh, Earth First, uh, headed by Dave Foreman, and he said that the Earth could only sustain about 250 million people. Now, there's been a lot of debate among uh, environmental groups about how, how many uh, people the Earth really could sustain, and they've basically kind of settled on one billion. That means, at this point, six to seven billion people uh, have got to be eliminated. Wow, folks, yes, we just crossed the eight billion mark on the planet, and uh, they're saying, that in essence, seven billion would have to be eliminated. Massive, uh, ma- the, you know, the number that we could sustain is one billion. We'll have more discussion after the break. Tom DeWeese with us from American Policy Center. Stay with us. You're listening to Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, author and seminar speaker with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, we see right-to-life efforts all over the news these days. What does the Bible say about this? Chris, the Bible is clear. Humankind is created in the image of God with great value and worth in His sight and is to be respected and protected. At conception, the embryo takes on human status, although not yet completely grown. The Bible discusses how the growing embryo as an individual has feelings and on some occasions even expresses itself. When a pregnant woman was injured in Bible times, such that the baby lost its life, there were consequences to be faced. 
The Bible doesn't give us all the details, but there's enough there to be certain that the unborn child is a viable human person and must be protected. Chris, the Back to Genesis way of thinking helps us understand modern issues. To learn more about creation, get our free DVD called That's a Fact. Call us at 800-628-7640 and mention the promo code FACT. Listening to Crosstalk here on VCY America. Our guest today is Tom DeWeese, president of American Policy Center. Our topic today, protectors of the planet or destroyers of humanity. Uh, Tom, you call sustainable development of, of uh, you, you name it really, as being the tool that is being utilized. Break that down for us. Uh, people hear that term. We see the, those words sometimes in advertisements. We hear them coming from city planning meetings and city council meetings. We see them thrown out in so many different ways. What, what is this sustainable development? Well, it's, it's, as I said, it's a trigger word to get us to voluntarily give up our liberties. And uh, I'm trying to find the, uh, the uh, quote here I've got from uh, Rosa Corey did a wonderful um, uh, definition of sustainable development to, uh, to really bring it down to what she said was that the purpose of it is to inventory and control all land, all development, all uh, energy use, uh, every, you know, everything we do, including all people, inventory and control. Here it is. It says all minerals, all water, all plants, all animals, all construction, all means of production, uh, all information, all energy, and all human beings in the world, inventory and control. And that is exactly what it is. And what you're hearing, and, and th- this is what's so interesting. If you look in the Klaus Schwab's book, uh, COVID-19 and the Great Reset, which he says is is a um, uh, was a report based on what they learned by the COVID uh, lockdowns uh, that the weaknesses of capitalism, and uh, what he says is that uh, because man has damaged the environment, we could have a pandemic every year. Climate change is caused by uh, you know the, the what we've done uh, to the planet and, and the whole COVID. Uh, situation is all based on climate change, on and on and on like that, and uh, that we have to completely reorganize human societies, we've said, and inventory and control, and uh, exactly how uh, Rosa Corey, who was the head of Democrats against Agenda 21, uh, wrote that perfectly. It's exactly what it is. Reorganizing human society. I know, friends, we've played this before in Crosstalk, but uh, just a couple months ago was the G20 summit, and of that was the B20 in Indonesia. Klaus Schwab spoke about reorganizing. Tom just used those words. Well, here it is from Klaus Schwab. Excellencies, distinguished participants of this very important meeting. First, of course, if you look at all the challenges, we can speak about the multi crisis, an economic, a political, a social, an ecological, an institutional crisis. But actually, what we have to confront is a deep, systemic, and structural restructuring of our world. And this will take some time. And the world will look differently after we have gone through this transition process. Politically, the driving forces for this political transformation is the transition into a multipolar world, which has a tendency to make our world much more fragmented. Tom, astounding. I mean, he's very forthright in what he's attempting to do. He has, absolutely he is, and uh, what's most frightening about him is he sounds like a villain from a James Bond movie, but uh, <laughs> this, is, this is actually what you're doing. And uh, when, you, when you think about how they want to reorganize our entire economy, and you think, how can they take control of a, of a free market economy like the United States? And the answer to that is Wall Street. And what they have done, you did the ESG uh, codes you've heard about, uh, environment, social, government, those three things tied together. 
and uh, using the ESG codes and uh, and sustainable development that companies that are producing products that are being uh, uh, traded on Wall Street have got to prove that they are sustainable or they will not be invested in. That's one of the Klaus Schwab's positions. And uh, so you're going to start hearing more and more advertising about this is sustainable, this is sustainable, and uh, uh, you know, trying to prove so, so we can make sure that our, our product is, is marketed. And uh, this, this, is, this is where all these corporations are now moving in that direction. And, in fact, I uh, ended up with a um, document uh, recently that um, came from the United Nations. It's a, uh, a new report and it's a United Nations high-level expert group on the net zero emissions commitments of non-state entities. Non-state enti- entities are basically businesses and uh, voluntary organizations and so forth. And this whole report is about the drive to get businesses, global corporations and local businesses, to all lock into the net zero plan where they have no emissions whatsoever uh, Biden has already issued an executive order to the uh, SEC, Security Exchange Commission, that uh, they, they have to look into not only a corporation's emissions, but also all of their customers, all of their production uh, processes, so forth, everything all under one uh, control, on, um, uh, you know, controlled by the uh, sustainable issue. Well, Tom, I noticed that there are different mechanisms that they're using to promote this, and I'd like to bring two of them to the forefront. One is media and one is education. And speaking of media, I I saw a a front page mag just reported on January 5, 2023. It was a column by Daniel Greenfield, and he indicated that green investors are paying the media to promote climate change. Uh, He reported that the Associated Press revealed last year it had scored some $8 million to promote claims of global warming. Uh, More than two dozen journalists uh, covering climate issues that the wire services then pick up and they plant them in newspapers around the country, in essence, to, like in your words, to, to terrify Americans into supporting green taxes and subsidies and, you know, making all these changes. But the media being paid by uh, these green funds, and I'm, I'm going to mention a couple of corporations. Uh, on one side, there are climate funders like the Rockefeller Foundation, the Howard Hughes Medical Institute, he reports, and even the Walton Family Foundation, among others. But the media has been a force that has been used to promote this agenda and being paid for it. You know, behavior modification is number one whether it's everything you just described or in the education system, to get people to all think alike, to think the same way. And, you know, the sustainable Trojan horse being pulled in, that we voluntarily celebrate, we brought this in and we're going to raise money and so forth to help bring all this about, and you better not... uh, uh, stand up against this because then you are a horrible person who doesn't care about the planet or anybody else. Uh, selfish, selfish, selfish. They, that mindset is what they're putting in place. They have massive amounts of money. Uh, one of the one of the examples I use a lot is the Environmental Grant Makers Association. They have billions of dollars, and if, if they if the uh, these powers that be want to stop some sort of development they don't want to go through uh, say for example you want to build a new hospital somewhere and they don't want that to be done they uh, will the grant environmental grant makers association will take a million dollars and create a new organization they will discover an endangered species there uh, some kind of horn toad uh, something you know that uh, is endangered and that's their habitat and so you can't build there and they start this whole process they'll and they'll use the news media and they'll uh, use the money to buy politicians and everything else this is the practice of what they do to put all this stuff in place indeed education is part of this i'm going to play one more clip here from Klaus Schwab from World Economic Forum as he spoke about the Global Education Initiative because uh, the classroom, folks, is very much a part of this. Listen to uh, this quote here from Klaus Klaus, uh, Schwab. We put emphasis on what I said before, public-private partnerships which we accompany. So when we define 
a, a project like our global educational initiative, I, I just describe it in a, in, a, in a second, we have under the leadership of Cisco and many other companies, practically all the big names, we, we try to revolutionize the educational system of uh, Jordan, Egypt, um, and now Burundi, um, by working together with the local uh, authorities. Um, we work also together with UNESCO, not only to equip the schools, but to put, uh, to retrain the teachers, to put the new curriculum into, uh, curricula into place. So we work together with the, we accompany those companies. Uh, we, we do not, that's a, that's a difference to the Clinton Initiative, which mainly, um, um, and which is a good thing, which asks companies to pledge some money to make a commitment and some to come back and to report. Uh, we are with the initiative or from the beginning uh, to the end. From the beginning to the end, talked about these public-private partnerships, Tom, and they are purposely indoctrinating students with this stuff by changing curriculum and re-educating teachers. Yeah, well, actually, they've already done that, about 90%. Uh, good teachers have left the education system in droves because they are told they have to... Uh, teach in the way and behavior modification, and you know, we already know about critical race theory and uh, the, the fact that they don't teach academics. Uh, we now find that math is racist, and, uh, you know, on and on and on. They, mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, the, the education system has already been usurped this way, and, uh, uh, they've, you know, they're, they're, we have an entire generation of children and uh, now up into their 20s and 30s in a lot of cases, that uh, you know, we're, the generation we have now coming up are going to be absolute psychotics in, in what they're teaching them or what they're making them believe. And uh, it's you know, just a total uh, destruction of, of the human mind. Yes, and destroyers of humanity, folks, that is accompanying all of this as well. Uh, you are the enemy. Uh, Tom, uh, you know, we, we've uh, talked about the problem here. Is there a solution? Yeah, I, I fully believe there is. And, and, as, and I said that, you know, they, they've come out. I believe that they've moved out too quickly. I believe there's an arrogance and they don't have all the people, you know, their, their brains changed, <laughs> and uh, there is resistance growing. And after 30 years of trying to warn about this and, uh, you know, speaking to a lot of disinterested audiences and people who don't believe it and so forth, that is changing. I am hearing from so many people today saying, how did you know this? My gosh, what do we do about this? And that's encouraging as people are beginning to wake up to it. I'm even hearing that a lot of kids in school are now beginning to question, what is this all about? They, they are not happy with what's happening in you know, their futures. And that's very encouraging. And this is why my whole focus over the last year and a half, a little more than that, has been organizing on the local level. And uh, we're not going to change it by trying to go after Congress. And uh, it's a good thing to get a good Congress if we can. I don't, don't say we don't do that. But where you have the most influence in this country is at the local level. Tom, let me interrupt you right there because we're five seconds from the break. And I'm going to uh, take the break. We're going to come back and, and find out what do you mean by at the local level? How can people get engaged? At the same token, friends, I'd like to open our phone lines. If you have a question you'd like to ask of our guest today or a brief comment, our number 800-733-9829. That's 1-800-733-9829. Be ready Ready to jot down a website as well for our guest today. We'll be back in one minute. This is Crosstalk coming your way from the VCY American Network. When it comes to eternity, most people assume they will go to heaven thinking their good deeds will outweigh their bad and God will allow them entrance. At most funerals, people will console one another saying they are in a better place. But how do you know that? How do you know if you will be in a better place? In the book, Are You Going to a Better Place? Author Richard Schmidt presents how you can know for sure that your sins are forgiven and you are on your way to heaven. See, after you die, there will be no negotiation with God. 
the scriptures provide the one way today that God's justice can be satisfied, guaranteeing that you will be in an eternal dwelling place with Him. One copy of this book is available for a donation of $10, three for $24, or five copies for a donation of $30. Call VCY America at 1-800-729-9829. You're tuned to Crosstalk on VCY America. Our guest, Tom DeWeese, who is president of American Policy Council. And uh, our lines are packed, so we'll get to calls here in just a few minutes. But leading into that break, we were asking Tom, what can people do? And Tom, you indicated that you are engaging people on a local level and stress the importance, though the national is important, but you stress the importance on a local level. So explain that, the how and and uh, what people can do there on the local level. Yeah, well, these forces that we're talking about here, these global forces, understand at the local level. This is how they're putting this in place. And what they're doing, these, these, we've been talking about these non-governmental organizations, these organizations that are bringing uh, these public-private partnerships and so forth, they are bringing these plans into your city councilmen, your county commissioners, your state legislatures, and uh, they are surrounding them, and they're bringing in grant money and, and everything, uh, and, and eventually they begin to convince your local officials that this is the proper role of government, and they're not hearing from our side. Our side doesn't like government, so we don't want to be there. And this is what has to change, and this is what we're talking about across the country. Our local elected officials, right up to the state legislature, have much more power than even they understand they do. And we need to organize in a permanent infrastructure to fight back. What we do now is we are willy-nilly and we, we don't... Uh, you know, if something crazy comes up, we're all standing around saying, you hear about this? You know what this is about? Where'd this come from? By the time you ask all those questions, they've got it in place. If you have a permanent infrastructure, it's what I call a freedom pod, where you are doing research, you have people going to uh, every single public meeting, just listening, watching what's happening, you'll be aware of what's coming up, who the players are, and then we need to put in place uh, plans on how to bring that out, make these local officials feel personally responsible for the programs that they're helping put in place, uh, if, it, if we can work to get them out of office if we, if we can, and focus there. Build a freedom pod in your community. If you succeed in your community, the next community is going to say, how'd you do that? And more people are going to get involved. This is what we're working on building. I've got, uh, we've put together a uh, local activist handbook that has the details how to do that. I'm traveling around the country speaking with people, getting them in, involved in, in, in looking at this. And uh, if we can start to do that and, and build in our own community, we can have an influence to stop this stuff. We can pass legislation that protects people's property rights. We can pass uh, some legislation that stops some of these global corporations coming in and grabbing up massive amounts of land and converting it into this stuff. And uh, there's just all kinds of things we can do if we're organized, but we've got to understand we've got to be involved. Tom, give us your website, if you would. It's AmericanPolicy.org. And we've got, uh, uh, like I said, the, the, the handbook is on there. We've got a whole lot of articles with all the background information and uh, to help you uh, understand what's going on and what the targets are. Uh, we're, we're there to help, to help you organize. AmericanPolicy.org. And friends, yes, uh, attending those meetings, uh, committee meetings and council meetings and school board meetings. But uh, also, uh, we need more such individuals to run for these offices as well. So many run unopposed in these local elections, and you can make a tremendous difference there as well. Let's go to uh, Tom in Port Wing, Wisconsin. Tom, you're on the air. Yes, uh, I, I appreciate those uh, suggestions of things we can do, but it always seems like the story of David and Goliath, Goliath being the media, it's the print, it's, it's television, it's uh, radio, it's all of those things that are constantly pounding out the stories on climate change or the environmentalists seem to have cornered the market on the media. Don't you think we need to find some place where we have a public forum that's big enough that we can actually debate these things? I have never in my life heard a, a, a scientific debate on climate change. 
never. Hmm. And and I think we need to have some some place to to present our arguments, not to the people who believe uh, that uh, this stuff is all a bunch of you know malarkey, but for those people who believe that climate change is real and we need to do all these things to prevent all the world from spinning out of uh, control. Okay, thank you, Tom. I'm going to have our guest comment. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. The reason you don't hear that debate is because they won't debate. I have uh, I work with some really incredible experts on climate change who challenge in the debates all the time. They won't debate them. They've, and, and these guys have been cut off of uh, funding for their projects. They've been cut out of uh, uh, magazines, uh, you know, science magazines, things like that. Uh, they've done that very effectively to silence our side. Uh, and one of the things that we're, we're uh, talking with people to do, because every time as I'm speaking and I mention the media, I, and I always joke, well, every eye in the place just rolled <laughs> because everybody knows the media is so left-wing. Mm-hmm. We're talking with people about how to start their own media. And even if it's just taking maybe a flyer with some, some uh, details on it and taking it door to door, let people know they're already victims. When people know they're victims, they become fierce fighters. And uh, so there are ways we have to do this. It's, it, there's, a, there's a bottom line of organization that needs to be done, and we haven't done that. They have. That's what's got to change. Thank you, Tom. We're going to move on to Dusty in Des Moines, Iowa. You're on the air. Hi. Um, I was curious as to what the end goals of these corporations and organizations are that are promoting uh, false information of climate change and everything. And um, is it just uh, monetary gain, or um, what, what is what is their an end goal? Exactly. Thank you, Dusty. Uh, Tom, what is that end goal? Is it monetary or other? It's a, it's a hard question to answer because, you know, it's so illogical. They're destroying their own industries in many cases. But uh, you have many things going on here. Uh, these public-private partnerships they're talking about, this is these corporations getting involved in making policy that, that can help them get tax uh, rebates, get them better, uh, they can get the uh, prime places to put their businesses, they can get legislation to put their opposition, their competition out of business. Uh, so there's that. There's power. And uh, playing with the big boys, and there are these guys who are moving into these corporations who have been completely indoctrinated to believe all of these lies. And so all of that is taking place, but uh, all of it is leading towards uh, you know, disaster as they're, they're killing their own industry. So really, power and control, Tom, and, and what we're seeing is, is uh, you know, using the fear factor to gain that power, gain that control toward what they're calling the Great Reset, to totally reorganize society as we know it, to, to reorganize civilizations, to bring about global governance. That's all part of it as well. Absolutely. They, they think they can rub shoulders with the big boys. They're being important and uh, and get involved. What they don't understand is that if they uh, prove themselves to be uh, unnecessary, uh, they, these guys eat their own. And uh, nobody's safe in this once they get involved in it, and uh, they need to learn that as well. Thank you, Dusty. We're going to move to Tom in Virginia, Minnesota. You're on the air, Tom. Yes, uh, thank you, Jim and Tom, and a uh, very interesting topic. But uh, just a couple of comments. I worked as a forester for one of the state agencies, and uh, this was kind of before the big climate change stuff came along, but it was sustainably sourced wood. We need sustainably sourced, sourced wood. And uh, so they came up with these companies, uh, the FSC and Sustainable Forestry Initial, SFI, and, and uh, the agencies had to pay great money to these companies to have their wood certified. And mm-hmm. it was just, and, and really it didn't, it didn't do anything as far as the field level work. It was uh, just kind of a joke. It just added more paperwork and, uh, and uh, but I see it was fishy at the time I thought, and uh, now it's, I see what it, kind of what it's leading to. Uh, so that, that's my comments. And yeah. I'll hang up. Thank you, thank you. And so Tom, he's seen that for some time, and those adjectives that are used at the beginning, like checked, inspected, uh, certified, authorized, that's all part of it. Yeah, that's just a little bit, little bit like that. It uh, uh, it sounds reasonable that well, okay, yeah, we're gonna have better quality and so forth. And these rules and regulations eventually destroy those industries or cut us out. We just as, as we were going through the whole pandemic thing. If you remember, one of the big uh, 
things that uh, was happening was that the price of, of plywood had skyrocketed for some reason all of a sudden. And we had shortages of things. And uh, that all comes from that's how they do it, a little bit of here, a little bit there, and these little regulations. And look at what's happening to our food supply as we, you know, with the regulations there and uh, the, the the price of eggs through the roof and, and beef and and uh, the food supplies, it's it's all connected together. Yeah, absolutely. And it's step by step. And I'm, I'm working right now uh, with farmers in uh, Idaho, South Dakota, North Dakota, uh, Nebraska, Minnesota that uh, are uh, facing this carbon capture pipeline mm. that is taking millions of acres of valuable farmland out of use. And uh, let me tell you something I just learned yesterday. They have farmers there who are signing voluntary easements to uh, getting money so they can allow this thing to go on their property. It just came out, Vanguard, one of the corporations putting this private thing together to take private property, uh, they are saying that if we do block the pipeline, which I believe we can do, uh, which is idiotic in the first place, taking CO2 out of the air and burying it in the ground, uh, and if, if that happens, then they're going to take those voluntary easements that these people signed and claim that's our property. Now, we'll sell that property, taking it right away from wow. them. And this is one of the things they're doing. This is how evil they are. Fred in Milwaukee, you're on the air. Yes, I wanted to make a comment that the wisdom of all mankind is foolish insanity compared to the wisdom of God, mm-hmm. and that to preach the gospel First mm-hmm. Corinthians fifteen one to four by which you are saved in season and out of season needs to be preached more around the world. And uh, thank you for taking the call. Thank you, Fred. Our phone number to crosstalk eight hundred seven three three nine eight two nine eight hundred seven three three nine eight two nine. Jerry calling from Telford, Pennsylvania. Jerry, you're on the air. Hello. I wanted to ask about. I never hear discussed. You know, how do you account for, with wind power, the different wind speeds? I mean, the wind blows at different rates of speed, you know, and if I don't even know what the optimum wind speed you'd need to generate enough electricity. You know, there isn't enough wind speed to generate enough electricity. It doesn't work. And uh, they, they are now finding they're putting these uh, wind towers uh, out in the ocean offshore, and they're finding out that's affecting a fish lives there. Every single thing they do with these things, with wind and solar, is damaging the environment in many, many ways, and it's not producing any energy. The, uh, they, they're talking about the solar panels that uh, if they get covered with snow, what do we do about that? Because they're not going to produce anything. And they were talking, they've been talking about putting uh, little heat generators on each panel to melt the snow off of it. Mm-hmm. Well, that heat generator will take all the electricity that that solar panel creates in the first place. So it's zero. This is the dumbest thing they have come up with, and they are destroying millions of acres of land. Underneath it is cement for infrastructure. Talk about paving the earth. They blame me for being the astroturf crowd that wants to pave the earth. No, I don't. They do, and that's exactly what they're doing with this. Not to mention that, thank you for the call, not to mention the number of birds that are killed. And uh, also, I just saw on Western Journal, uh, a wind turbine in uh, Northport, Michigan, broke off and crashed to the ground after strong winds caused it to spin out of control. Uh, And sometimes the wind is too strong, Tom, they cannot use these. Uh, So uh, pretty amazing. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back to more of your phone calls here at Crosstalk. Uh, Tom DeWeese is with us, his website, and you can get his email alerts and so forth uh, at AmericanPolicy.org. AmericanPolicy.org. Back in one minute, you're listening to Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. 2023, folks, is going to be a great, horrible year. I know. Sounds like a contradiction, doesn't it? Reality is, it'll be great for those of us that have a biblical worldview. This could be one of the finest hours for Christians, for the true church, ecclesia, called out ones. Why? Because this is a spiritual battle in a material world. And those of us that understand the times in light of the Bible... 
and Bible prophecy, well, we can take what's common to the culture and turn it into a pulpit. Look how many people are willing to listen to us now when we talk about globalism. We talk about so many of the issues like Marxism and Islam. Many people today are willing to listen that once discounted us. The Bible is coming true. The stage is being set for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled. Again, let's take what's common to the culture and turn it into a pulpit. As horrible things happen, the good news, we can proclaim the truth of the Bible. I'm Brandon House. Tom DeWeese with us here today on Crosstalk. Again, his website, AmericanPolicy.org, AmericanPolicy.org. Tom, just before going back to the phone calls here, you know, we hear these terms uh, like the Great Reset, and we see this World Economic Forum, and we see what's what's happening out there in in, uh, aligning nations together and so forth. Sometimes it's hard to personalize it. How does this impact me? Yeah. I, you know, we already talked about, you know, the, the investments on Wall Street and that sort of thing with Morgan Stanley, Merrill Lynch, Bank of America already working on those things. But you personally, what they're going to be watching is what you purchase and uh, you know, the kind of products that you buy. And this will help establish what your carbon footprint is. And if you have a low carbon footprint and you're not helping with society, that can affect your own personal credit rating. And I, I often say to audiences when I'm speaking, how many of you have in your, in your pocket right now one of those discount cards at the grocery where you get money off when you buy? They are also creating a file on what you buy. That can become part of that profile on you. Uh, one of the most interesting things that's being done right now is MasterCard is promoting a carbon limit credit card that quantifies the CO2 emissions generated from each transaction that you make. The card be- uh, even comes with a monthly CO2 limit, and it shuts down charges if you exceed it. So these are all the ways that you personally will be affected. If your credit rating is lowered, you won't be able to get uh, uh, credit to buy a car, or because uh, you can't buy one anyway, probably, but a home, anything like that, it, it can literally cut you out of society because you are not operating in a sustainable way. Let's get back to the calls here. Mac in Midway, Florida, you're on the air. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. It's always a pleasure to hear Tom's voice on the air, too. Um, as I as I heard uh, you discussing the, the wind, you know, the windmills, I was thinking about Palm Springs and, and Central Texas. Because I've been a frequent tra- traveler out there, and, and it just surprised me to see see those things there and, and the damage they're causing, especially in Palm Springs when there's hardly any of them turning a lot of times, too. It's just shocking. Uh, the, the whole idea of, of this brand-new year, you know, and, and people wanting everything to get uh, back to normalcy, that normalcy bias, yeah. it just it just gripes me to no end. And, you know, what do you do about it? You can't, you can't take people by the, the collar of their neck and shake them. Well, I think that people are getting shaken now, and I, as I said before, I'm seeing more people who are becoming much more aware, and uh, I find that very, very encouraging. We need to give them more background, more information, and uh, again, talking about how it affects them personally is a major uh, part of it, and uh, then have a way for people to get involved and, and do something about it. People, A lot of people want to do something, but they don't know how to get started, and uh, they don't think you know, it's intimidating to, to try yeah. to do some of these things, and that's what we're going to try to help people do. Look at the, uh, Thank you for the call. Look at all the individuals who uh, had their thermostats limited, Tom, you know, at, at a time when, when they needed uh, air conditioning uh, and, and uh, had them limited uh, as a result of, you know, policies put into place. Yeah, again, smart meters on, yep. on people's homes. Putting in, they're putting those on without the owner, homeowner's permission, and they're telling them if you don't have this, we're going to shut off your power altogether. Talk about monopolies, and uh, and what alternative do we have to this? These are some of the ways they're, ways they're putting this stuff in place. Absolutely. Zoe is calling from Illinois. Champagne. Hi, Zoe. You're on the. Hi, air. Jim. Um, I did want to point out when people are voting, they need to look at who's funding the candidates they're voting for, not just what the people what they say. Because sometimes people can say anything. Oh, I'm for this or I'm for that. Oh, yeah, until when? Um, but anyway, my uh, my thing I'm calling in about, and I don't know whether this is Tom's area, but the Chinese buying up all our farmland. How can we stop that? Again, yeah, two things. Uh, first of all, what you're talking about, researching 
and and how who's who's paying for these candidates and so forth. This is where you need that research team. You can find that out, and you can. We've got to quit being so polite. We've got to start naming names and telling people what's what's going on. And uh, you only know that you can only do that when you know what's going on. There, is, uh, as far as the China thing, and, and this is happening not only with China buying up all this land, but you also have corporations like uh, BlackRock that are buying up massive amounts of land in cities and in uh, rural areas, and they're converting that land to these policies and and uh, putting this stuff in place. You can have your city council and county commissioners, state legislatures pass legislation that can say. Foreign countries can't buy the land here, or uh, big corporations like that uh, have restrictions on what they can, how they can uh, deal with the land, because this affects your neighborhood, it affects your own property, and so forth. There are ways to protect that. We're looking into legislation to uh, to do this, and I'm going to start spreading it out as we get it. Some states are actually going. I mean, uh, was it uh, Governor Noam of of South Dakota putting forth that? It's either Texas or Florida going that same direction. Uh, great concern as to the the Chinese acquisition of land. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's a major thing. That but but that can be done at the local and the mm-hmm. state level to uh, to stop it. Thanks, Zoe B in Scottsdale, Arizona. You're on the air. Hello, Hi B. there. Yes, you're How on the air. How are you? Fine, thank you. Go ahead. I think I have a delay because I'm listening to the program. Okay, I'm in Arizona. And we were talking about um, local elections. <laughs> and am I on air? B, listen to your listen to me on your phone. Don't listen to your radio. Your radio is delayed. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, we have tried here so much, and they just keep getting stolen from us. There are several groups of us. There are many, many people here trying constantly. And there's just nothing but corruption here in Arizona. You know, one or two candidates will get through, and then the other ones, you know, just the votes, they just don't get the votes, or the votes are overturned, or the votes don't, um, they don't get counted. B, thank you so much. We're down to 30 seconds, so sorry for interrupting you, but Tom wants you to get a comment in before we close. Yeah, I, I absolutely feel for you. I understand it. Do not give up. That's what they want you to do. But you've got to organize, and you can begin to watch these things and see who the players are, who's on the board of elections locally, what's their job, what are they doing, are they doing anything to protect uh, the ballots and so forth. You've got to build a cadre of people determined to uh, watch everything they do and get involved in it. Don't give up. Thank you for the call. And that closing music says we're out of time on the broadcast here today. We thank you for joining into Crosstalk. Tom DeWeese, our guest, the website AmericanPolicy.org. AmericanPolicy.org. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thank you. And, uh, folks, I trust that you'll stay tuned to the program. And, yes, as an alternative media, to get uh, send a link of this program to others. Get a copy of the recording to send to others so that they may be informed as you have been today. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.